Welcome back to our Middle School Matters podcast. My name is Tim Cavey and I'm the VCS Middle School Vice Principal. And my name is Mary DeBoer and I'm the VCS Middle School Principal. Here were some highlights from the week. On Monday, we had another bump competition. This week featured the grade 7 girls and I was glad to see a number of girls try out, although they all assured me they knew who would be the winner, Mary, and sure enough, their prediction came true. So we have a star basketball player in the grade seven girls. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's go. she's uh, developed her skills to a high level. So congratulations to her. I'll hold off on the name, but if she or other sevens are listening, I'm sure they know who I'm talking about. In chapel, today being Friday, and I'm, I should mention that we sort of rearranged our house team activities this week. So and nothing to report from Thursday, but for chapel this morning, we had a guest speaker, Mrs. Vu. And Mrs. Vu is someone that our eights will become well familiar with next year. She is the high school principal here at Vancouver Christian. So she built her message, I guess we'll call it. Do we call them messages? Yeah, <laughs> chapel talk. Chapel talk. She built her chapel talk around a book by our friend Rod Wilson called Thank You, I'm Sorry, Tell Me More. Three sayings that can change the world. So she integrated story and I thought uh, did a great job. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, her focus was on what can our students do to develop leadership skills? Mm -hmm. And a big part of that was uh, how to deal with conflict. Yes, it's uh, somehow it's, an eventuality or a reality maybe that, uh, you know, we deal with all of our lives. We never outgrow our need to respond to conflict. Absolutely. <laughs> right, husbands and wives? I know uh, <laughs> you're out there listening and nodding. Friday. Now today, Mary, this was the event, capital T, capital E, because we've been looking at this on the calendar for over a month. And this is really your brainchild. I mean, I want to hear from you. <laughs> Are, are you have you processed it all yet? What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I think uh, I'll at least be able to sleep tonight, <laughs> although I might be dreaming of all the different carnival games that were happening. I I think it was a great success. I heard uh, great things from students uh, about how much fun they were having. Uh, many of them came by to say thank you that this was just such a great afternoon. I have to say the weather was perfect. It was perfect. Now, because I had the privilege of being (laughs) dunked under probably a dozen water balloons, I I could have taken another five or ten degrees. That would have been okay. (laughs) But but no, it truthfully it was it, it was really wonderful. It was probably high teens in the Celsius today, clear blue sky. And the kids, we talked about, I mean, it just makes everything so much more fun. It does. It does. I mean, we did have a backup plan to run the carnival in the main gym, but I I, I know already it wouldn't have had the same feel or the same effect. It was just so great to be outside in the sunshine, in, you know, in your t-shirts, not having to wear a coat. Um, and just enjoy those golden rays of sun rather than the liquid sun that we've had so much of lately. Yes. The only only you did get some liquid. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. And if I if we haven't made it clear, I 
was a volunteer victim in one of the carnival stations called Pitchburst. And basically, if, uh, if the students lining up could nail the bullseye with a baseball, then a, a massive water balloon, they seemed really large, <laughs> would, would fall on my head. I was sort of sitting to the side, and, and I wasn't the only volunteer slash victim. There were a few other uh, teachers and staff members who stepped up to the plate for that as well. So we appreciate them. Thank you for doing that. They were such good sports, I have to say. Such good sports. And we also, Mary, uh, we have to give a massive shout out to our parent volunteers. Oh my goodness. I absolutely agree. Uh, I wasn't sure if we would get enough parents that would come out to volunteer, right. but... You know, we rang the call out to parents uh, a couple of times, and it was amazing. We we had such a great group of parent volunteers, and it really helped make things run smoothly. Um, so thank you so much, parents, for stepping out and stepping in to help us make this an awesome afternoon for our students. All in total, we could go on and on about the carnival, but there were 18 stations. Yes. We won't list them all, but... You know, we got a good taste, good experience. Some, you know, sort of work better than others. But all in all, as you said, I made my rounds with taking some video and photos and attitudes were high. We need to shout out our students as well. They were so good. They were into it. They were participating. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of laughter. Uh, they were having a great time. Now, before I move on from my look back at the week, I realized we overlooked another big event. This week is going to take more processing, but yesterday was our walkathon. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and, and we got good weather for that as well. It was a little on the chilly side, but uh, again, lots of sunshine, clear blue skies, and very doable weather, no complaints. So the walkathon was a, a tremendous success. We Went out, we did our two laps around the neighborhood, five kilometers, and I think everything went off smoothly. We had uh, our patrols that we needed. Thank you, parents who volunteered for that. And thank you again, parents and grandparents, others in our community who might be listening, who gave to Vancouver Christian so generously. Yes, yes. And I and a big shout out and thank you to Chris Manzel, our development director, who you know, really had a lot of balls in the air and had to make that decision at the last minute to switch from Wednesday to Thursday because Wednesday, it would not have been fun to go for the walkathon. Even though we didn't get as much rain as was predicted, it was a very windy day. That is true. That is true. And I, I do remember looking out later in the day thinking, oh, maybe we could have gone, but you're right. The wind was because I got home that day and the power had gone off in, yeah. in my house. It was it was quite windy. So Thursday was the right choice. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mansell. And lots of good memories outside of the school building this week. So we appreciate those opportunities. And we'll have a, a few more of those here as the year winds down. And, and I'd have to also say that we beat our goal. That's right. Uh, goal. We beat our fundraising goal. Don't have the absolute final numbers yet, but that is amazing that we beat our fundraising goal. Can I just tell you, I talked to a couple of grade eight students just a few minutes ago, and they were hanging around late today to work on a yearbook, which is amazing. That's completely voluntary on their part. Yeah. 
I asked one of the girls what she's doing this weekend, and she said she and her friend are going to be going door to door for the for the fundraise for the walkathon. Wow! They are still fundraising, and it is open until Tuesday. It so is. they are handwriting letters. I saw some of these letters; they're beautiful. Handwriting letters to appeal for donations. So I mean, like. Your heart just melts when you hear stuff like that. These kids are golden. And they are invested in our school community. Yes. Yes, they're giving back. And so that just is so motivating and gratifying. So thank you, students, for all your efforts. And again, thank you, donors. And hey, I was proud to see some KV donations come in from Winnipeg. So they are are in the the big pot. Very good. Mm Mm-hmm. House team scoring update. Now, we're going to put a big asterisk beside these numbers that I'm about to read here. But uh, and the asterisk, of course, is that, Mary, today our students earned a lot of points. Oh, my goodness. That, yes. Yes. Uh, I haven't started to tally up all of the, the sheets yet, but um, it's going to be very, very high numbers. And, and as I said to the kids this morning, it's anybody's game. So we'll have to see what happens. So as of my last tally, and this includes participation and dress up in 90s wear yesterday and then in house team t-shirts today, we had the blue cheese at 459, the green zombies 392, purple Barneys 537, and red dragons 403. So I guess the big question is, will anyone pull up on the purple Barneys? We'll find out in either a week or maybe right at the end. At the end, I th- okay. yes. Well, we have a few weeks yet. We want to, because we still have some house team games to play. So we're we're going to do the big reveal. I think, I think it is on the June 12th. Sounds good. Okay. Well, speaking of dates upcoming, what else do we have on the calendar, Mary? Well, Monday... Victoria Day, no school, so don't show up here. Uh, I won't be here. Will you be here? No, I will not. Oh. Uh, but Tuesday, May 24th, immunizations for some of our students, especially grade 6s, but I think some grade 7s as well that are doing some catch-up on immunizations um, due to the fact that we didn't have them for a, a couple of years here at school. Thursday, June 9, our middle school band and choir concert, which begins at 7.30. You can expect uh, more details if your children are involved in band or choir at this time of the year. And looking way ahead yet, uh, June 22nd is our last half day for K-8. to That's right. And I know for some families, they start getting those summer vacations and adventures on the calendar. So if that's you, please... We would appreciate you keeping your child in school until the 22nd. That would be good. That would be helpful. Other items. We are looking for a middle school teacher for next year. This is a full-time permanent humanities position. And we are also looking for a resource teacher in a 50% position. So if you or someone you know is interested in joining a fun, progressive teaching team that loves to learn together, please check the VCS website see careers under the contact tab. And Mary, we've talked about this recently, but VCS really is the cream of the crop. 
I would I would totally agree. I would totally agree. And uh, you know, as our podcast guests have mentioned, m- many of our teachers have come uh, by word of mouth and through ter- church connections. So that's why we say if you if you know of someone, yes. we want to hear about it. Yes, if you've got a teacher in your small group or someone you know in your church or in your workplace who loves Jesus and loves children and loves learning and, of course, has the necessary credentials, then by all means, send them our way. Well, moving along to Seesaw, just a quick spotlight there. I featured a couple of posts from 7B Science. And, Mary, these are some cool-looking videos that show students building simple motors. And uh, they are learning about the connections between magnetism and electricity. That was with Miss Brent. So this is not a student. It's not posted as an official activity, which means not every single 7B student will be featured. But Miss Brent managed to do some recording. And so some of the students that were involved in these simple motors were tagged there. So keep an eye out for that. Well, up next on our show, it's time to hear from one of our amazing learning resource teachers, Miss Mina Chan. We are now happy to be joined in the Middle School Matters podcast studios by our learning resource teacher, Miss Mina Chan. Welcome, Mina. Hello. <laughs> We are still early in the week because we're recording on a Tuesday for a change, but how's your week going so far? It has been busy, (laughs) um, but as all weeks are, super busy, (laughs) yeah. All right, well, you know, we'd like to hear a bit more of your personal story, and so, like, tell us where you were born, where you went to school, and kind of focusing on your, where you went in your middle school years. Yeah, um, so I was not born here, but I was actually born in Ontario, Toronto, more specifically. Um, And I was born and raised there, went to university there, so went to middle school there. And I moved to Vancouver about six to seven years ago, so I still sometimes feel new to the city, but also feels like this is definitely home. in terms of where I went to school, I went to a very small uh, private Christian school in Toronto, and that was a school from kindergarten to grade 12, just like VCS. But in terms of population size, it was only shy of under 300 students in total. Um, so my uh, graduating class of 60 students was probably one of the biggest graduating mm. classes so definitely very small definitely very um, different from the VCS culture but yeah that's where I spent most of my days in middle school and and what was the name of your school uh, North Toronto Christian School okay. shout out to North Toronto woot woot okay so yeah, let's dig into your years there. And by the way, I have similar roots with the with the small Christian schools that are still sort of building their way into a, a larger community, which is great. Tell us one memory that you have from your middle school years. So it's interesting because middle school was only grade seven and eight okay. in my school. Um, so grade six, um, which is the grade I work in, would have been counted as elementary, but. Um, 
back then, before the building became one building, the school actually was split into two separate buildings, one for elementary, one for middle and high school. So my first year in middle school was actually the first year we moved into wearing uniforms, moved mm. into a new building, had lockers for the first time, mm -hmm. had to move classes. We didn't have just one teacher. And we, as a class, definitely during the first day, I very distinctly remember we didn't know that we had to be in the classroom before the bell rang so we were still chatting in the hallways still trying to figure out our school schedule and how to open locks on our lockers and the principal actually had to come out into the hallway and tell us that the Canadian anthem was already playing <laughs> so we were definitely not being super respectful to the anthem but it was definitely um, yeah just a memory that we just I remember very vividly because I hopefully was never late since then <laughs> yeah. well you can't really be blamed if you didn't yeah. know ahead of time yeah. where where and what you were supposed to do, for yeah. sure. Those first days are so vivid. They are, they are. <laughs> so what led you into education? Like what, what, when did you know that you wanted to be a teacher? <laughs> it's a little bit of a interesting pathway. I definitely was not one who knew like when they were very young and they knew immediately that they wanted to be a teacher. I actually went um, into university studying law. So I actually went to study criminal justice and specifically I wanted to work in the juvenile justice system. So I wanted to work with teens and youth who have gotten themselves into the system and work to advocate them to get them out and to provide them with better resources. Um, after I took my first year in criminal justice, I had to write a report about a very tough juvenile justice case that really struck home for me. And in the class, I just felt like there must be something more that society and individuals can do um, and systems could do to not just be reactive in how we support our youth, but with something that is a bit more proactive. And in doing so, I actually landed to find out about my university's education um, program, but it wasn't just education, it was actually focusing on human development. So I studied from infancy to end of life. I studied what it would be like to support as a system and an individual to support that whole life development and growth. And through that, I realized that was the proactive piece mm -hmm. that I think education can help and support if done right and well. Um, that would be very supportive for teens, youth, and even just children in general. Um, so that's when I switched over after my first year studying law to switch over into education. And since then, I've just been in education since. I have to say that that was really profound. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're touching on a lot of the mission and vision of what I think every school wants to be about. You're, you're reaching kids and building into them long before hopefully there is a problem and they are engaging with the criminal justice system. Let's talk about VCS and Vancouver Christian. What was your first point of contact with our school? How do you remember first hearing about us and 
and deciding to apply. Yeah, so actually I didn't start at VCS as a learning resource teacher. Um, I actually came to VCS because there was an opening as an educational assistant. And I found out I found out about that position because a friend of mine who actually continues to work here today, um, she actually applied and got into the uh, EA field for middle school um, a couple of months before I had decided that I was going to leave the previous school that I was working at. And I was just asking around, seeing if there's any positions opening, and she recommended the school that she just got accepted into and that they were still looking for EAs in the middle school department. And I just decided that why not send in my resume, cover letter, um, references, and um, that process happened quite quickly. So that definitely was a very speedy process. And then I just had the interview a couple days later and then had the acceptance a couple days later. So that's how I came to VCS. That's true. And we're so glad that yes. you came on board and that this year you moved into the learning resource teacher position. We've been so blessed by your work in our middle school. So what's one thing you appreciate about life in the VCS middle school? I definitely really, um, I think what was intimidating was this is probably the biggest school that I've worked at, which says a lot, um, but this school is the biggest one. And I was quite intimidated because I've, I guess I've always felt that community to get true community, it has to be a lot smaller mm. in small groups, small connections. And I think there was a bit of concern of how it would be like to be in a bigger school sure. and to work in a bigger school with definitely more staff members than I have ever worked with. Um, but I think what I do appreciate is that there is a lot of connection amongst staff. I think there's a lot of support and teamwork and I definitely really love um, how the middle school department as a whole cohesive unit works so well together and there's a lot of collaboration and communication that happens when that uh, team kind of comes together and I think it says a lot with the fact that it is a big school, quote unquote big school, um, but there is still that sense of connection that you would get even if it was a small team. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your job and your position. What's one aspect of it that you've really enjoyed this year? Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, what a learning resource teacher does is that I essentially am the second adult um, in the classroom that goes in and really just works with all students and helps them um, as a second hand to be a support um, for them to be able to ask questions. And sometimes I get the joy to um, work one-on-one -on -one or work in small groups with a uh, couple of students and I think my favorite part is definitely this um, reteaching things mm. in small groups mm -hmm. breaking it down so that they understand it um, that's always been a huge piece of my job in every school that I've worked in and I definitely feel there's a lot of joy in small group teaching. There's definitely a lot of joy in breaking things down for students to make it um, stick differently, to explain it differently and to reword it differently so that they really understand it. 
um, not just for the sake of understanding, but they can really apply it mm-hmm. and re-teach it to other kids. I think that was been that has really been the joy is to see mm-hmm. kids re-teach it to yes. another yes. kid. Mm-hmm. So we all know that there are areas in our professional practice where we'd like to improve. So what's an area in your professional practice that you'd either like to improve or you'd like to learn more about? So I have always been more trained and just more gravitate um, towards the English language, um, social studies, history. That has always been my area of expertise and passion. Um, in education. But this year, I have been really stepping into the role of the math and sciences. And that is something I thought I would never say. (laughs) Um, I always for sure thought I would never do the maths, um, definitely wouldn't do any part of the science. So I think this year has definitely been an area where I am getting by. (laughs) But I would definitely love to be able to um, continue to just really improve on the skills of how to teach math concepts, mm-hmm. of how to teach science concepts, things that I'm not confident in and things that I definitely think are areas to improve on. Um, I sometimes definitely walk around and tell them to go talk to their homeroom teacher because (laughs) it's hard sometimes concepts even though I think I understand is very different when you actually have to teach it to another person um, to break down those steps in a very clear and understandable way so definitely working on improving that aspect would be a goal of mine. (laughs) That is sounding very familiar. Mina, we are all learners. We like to talk about we're all on learning journeys inside and outside of school. What is one area of learning that you really enjoy outside of education? Um, Something that I really love to learn and just practice more is definitely the arts. Um, I have always loved um, tapping into art and use that as such an important outlet in my life. And I definitely think I... My one pandemic hobby that has stuck with me is um, sewing. So I'm actually in the process of just learning and practicing. I was gifted a beautiful sewing machine by my family for one of my birthdays during the pandemic season. And that has been such a joy to learn. Um, Sewing straight lines is very hard. Making sure I don't poke myself or injure myself with the needle is very hard. So definitely leaning into practicing that more and just growing to eventually hopefully make my own closet would be such a honor. I wow. think. That sounds like a great project and, and such a long term mm-hmm. kind of project as well. Wow. Well, if you weren't in education, what what might have been your next choice for a career? How far back can I change <laughs> the route of my life? <laughs> you know, anyway. it can be anything. Um, I always tell this to my family because they have always asked me this as well. Um, if I wasn't a teacher, if I wasn't in education, what would I be doing? And I think for me, a huge piece would be art therapy. Mm-hmm. I would definitely go back, um, if I could go back in time and start from there. I think there's so much um, healing that I have learned and 
grown in through art um, and would love to have been able to be in a place where I could do that with students and adults too, to tap into how creative art in any form, in any media can be a place of healing and yeah, excitement for that, so. Interesting, and I don't think it's ever too late. Like even yeah. you don't have to start over, you can, you know, or, or feel like you have to start from the beginning. It's always an option. Yeah. Mina, I've been looking forward to this interview <laughs> to ask you this question because uh, this normally is our book recommendation question, but when it comes to you, we have to ask about your book reading habits. So first of all, tell the listeners, how many books are you hoping to read this year? Um, the current goal that I have set for myself this year is to read 50 books. Okay. Um, so that's five zero. <laughs> and are you on track so far? I am currently, I think I'm well on track. Um, I'm currently reading my 31st and 32nd book of this wow. year. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's roughly two per week. I think she's probably going to break her 50. <laughs> yeah, we might be ahead of week 16, but that's pretty close to two per week. So... I know we're running short on time, but can you give us your reading secrets? How do you do it? And what would you recommend to the listener who wants to read more? <laughs> um, so many different tips and tricks. <laughs> it will be hard to narrow it down concisely to one. Um, one of the biggest things that um, I definitely say is that Books should always be something that you enjoy. Mm. It should never be seen as a chore or a task or anything like that. And for me, I think a huge piece is find books that actually excite you and Mm. make you want to read. Mm. Um, I always tell people to avoid just going online, Googling the best books of 2020. One or 2022, because that doesn't actually represent the books that you like. Um, So talk to people, talk to other book avid readers and get their recommendations based on how they think uh, you like reading and the topics that you really enjoy. Um, Another thing that I definitely strongly recommend is always just carry a book with you. Mm. Um, Regardless of where you will be, there will always be times throughout the day where you're waiting for something. Um, And instead of reaching for your phone, reach for the book. Ah, I like that. Um, I have the joy and honor of not driving to work every day. So I actually commute and my commute is about roughly an hour to and from. So I read for a total of two hours um, every day. So that has also been a huge piece that I think I'm very fortunate, which a lot of people who are drivers don't really have that time. But I think that also leads into like another tip. And I realize I'm giving many tips, but um, audiobooks count as books. <laughs> I am a firm believer that audiobooks definitely still count as books. So even if you are someone who drives, um, having the audiobook is a great way to still be in the heart of reading even if you're not physically holding a book in your hand to do it i think it's so commendable mina and it's such a great model for our kids i i want to sort of do more boasting around the middle school about how much miss chan reads because i think that's really exciting and contagious so 
Can you give us one pick, one title from 2022 that's moved you or you found interesting so far? Just one. <laughs> oh, this is always the hardest question. <laughs> Which of my babies? <laughs> um, there's so many books. It's a little time. It's a little time. But um, one of the books is actually in our learning commons for anyone who is in high school. They can read it as well. But it's actually called The Skin We're In. Mm. And it is a truly beautifully well-written and incredible book um, for Canadians, written by a Canadian for Canadians, and the call to take a look at Canadian history and take a look at um, Canada's role in um, harming and or supporting Black Lives Matter, um, Mm. understanding how race shapes Canadian history, And I know for me, it's been a very important book to not just look at the states and point fingers, but to really look inward at our country um, and our country's history to kind of take a look at where we also need to grow more in that area as well. And I think the author does a beautiful job in breaking it down, um, breaking down history, making it really accessible for everyone to reflect on, get a little uncomfortable with it, Mm -hmm. challenge themselves, but also be really challenged in the process to do more and advocate more and grow more in that sense. So that is just one of many, (laughs) Um, but I definitely definitely think it's hard to to just pick Pick one, one, but uh, that definitely does stick out a little bit to my heart. Well, wonderful. We are, are just nearing the end of our, our time with you, but I think I think we need like a, you know how they have Heather's picks at Indigo? <laughs> I think we need Mina's picks at yes. BCS. Yeah, you're in the <laughs> For sure. Well, we, we just want to close with this. Uh, what is one deep hope or dream that you have for our middle schoolers? One of my deep hopes for our middle school students would to would for them to really be advocates for our society, to be um, justice-oriented, to really care for our community in its brokenness, for the people in our community, for um, marginalized groups, and for the way that um, they can really be change makers for our society Um, when they leave middle school when they leave VCS when they enter into post-secondary and even graduate um, they can really be leaders and they can really make a difference in the world it's why I'm in education because I believe in the next generation I believe in our generation's ability to um, unlearn harm and to really focus and relearn um, how to be a support for everyone in society. And it is definitely something that I hope for our students to constantly look into, to think deeply, think critically, to challenge and be challenged by people, by 
systems by others. And I think that comes from a heart that is wanting to see our world be better than what it is right now. And there's always room for it to always be better. And whether that is in um, justice for communities, for marginalized communities, for climate justice, for um, anything that is a passion of theirs, I really think that they are um, our next generation. And I definitely think they are the next generation that has the means and resources and heart. And I definitely hope that that continues to keep tap being tapped into the way that they um, go out into our society. Awesome. I just think thy kingdom come, right? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mina, you are well-read. You're so well-spoken. I could listen to another round of this conversation, absolutely. But thank you for being here at our middle school. You are such a blessing. And thank you for sharing your time with the program today. Thank you. That was such a great conversation with Mina. And one thing I love about Mina is her passion for supporting students. That's really where she wants to go. And, and you'll, as you heard about her talking about the judicial system that she was actually was first into and then realizing that actually it starts earlier to, to work with these students so that they don't end up in the system. Exactly. So I also have to say she really inspired me to set a higher bar when it comes to reading. <laughs> and she gave such excellent tips. I especially like the tip to take a book with me wherever I go. And uh, I recently got a Kindle and I have the Kindle app on my phone. So it's like, oh, right, I could be reading my book anywhere. So I'll definitely be doing that. And as a staff, I have to say we're so blessed to have her on our team. We really do appreciate Mina. Our next scheduled staff interview will be with our IT director, Mr. Joel Wedemeyer. And I'm really looking forward to that one. We've known him for many years. Yes, I too am looking forward to it. Well, parents and students, if you're listening, thank you for listening. We so appreciate your support. We'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a future episode and encourage other parents to do the same. You can contact us at any time at mdeboeradvancies.org or tkdadvancies.org. And please remember to send us your comments and feedback about the show. You can even send it in uh, anonymously. We don't have to list your students here at all. Um, our final spin it to win it draw for a family prize pack will happen in June. We are humbled and grateful for the opportunity to serve your children each day. And after days like today, our hearts are so full. We're tired, but our hearts are so full after so many positive interactions with your children. And it's such a great reminder that we are in the right place. So thank you, parents, for that opportunity to play a part in your child's growth and development. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again next weekend. Talk to you later, parents. Bye-bye. And I think we do things to make sure that we're happy. 
and we're satisfied, and we're having a good time. And it's really easy to slip into the self-centeredness and entitlement. And I think if there's any conflict in any relationships, a lot of times I know what um, is more comfortable for me to do is to sweep it down, not talk about it, sweep it under the carpet, and keep on moving on, right? But honestly, I think um, social media hasn't been helpful. Sometimes we get into conflicts, uh, we solve it maybe by, I don't know if some of the high schoolers are into this, they just, if you, if you have a conflict with a friend, you just don't block them, right? You just block, you just block them and then you just unfriend them. Or worse, actually posting on Instagram or on your social media that's not appropriate about them, just because you're, you're in conflict. And I think in our world today, if you know, there's a lot of conflict, and we talk about this in high school all the time. There's the wars that are going on, there's political unrest, you know, the climate is changing, and all these different things are really, really signs of deep conflict. And there's conflict not just, you know, in the world, but even close to us in our communities, in our, in our homes, even in our school, uh, with our friendships, with our relationship with our family. And I think there's not enough.